incredible. Yeah, anything that's liquid, as soon as it comes out of that fire hose, it's going to be frozen. And we have brutal cold today. We're expecting a high of 25 degrees, but when we say the coldest day in three years, this should be the coldest day since February 1st of 2019, when our high temperature was 18 degrees. So we're already at 20, but we don't expect a lot of um, additional degrees in our temperature. And then you factor in the wind, and it feels even colder. And we had some wind gusts as high as 25 miles an hour. So it feels like nine degrees in Philadelphia right now. And when we get to uh, 25, it'll feel like about 15. Back to normal tomorrow, though. We uh, start out pretty cold, but we get up to the 40s, 45 degrees on Thursday. And then we get a colder trend as we head into the weekend, especially on Saturday when the high, again, is only in the mid-20s. Uh, stay tuned, Karen, for more on the possibility of snow on Sunday. Can't quite get a handle on that just yet. All right. Well, something Let's get to that to, cold uh, right now. Shayna is out there, but a lot of people are, you know, watch your pets and uh, watch your warm cars as you have them running. Don't let them get stolen, Shayna. Yeah, that's right. There's a number of things you want to keep an eye on. We talked about the running cars. We talked about even your tire pressures, making sure that those are where they need to be, because as we know, with cold air definitely affects your tire pressure but beyond that this is the day to layer up i can tell you personally karen i have a turtleneck two turtlenecks on actually i have a fleece on under this and on top on top of every every other layer i have i have this really thick coat on with thermal socks i have um, thermal pants on under with the pants that i'm wearing and i can still feel the chill in the air so this is not the day as i mentioned that for for the fashion it's the day to stay warm but a lot of people are still kind of doing what they need to do to get to work we're here in Pensac and here at the Wawa folks are gassing up getting their hot coffee uh, but today is the day that officials are hoping folks if you can help it to stay home work from home if you can because this is not the kind of weather you and your children want to be um, out in of course a lot of we know a lot of schools are virtual which I guess is a saving grace on a day like today so you don't have kids sitting out at the bus stop and things of that nature but again not the day to be out Outside. It is frigid out here. Take a listen to what one person had to say. He says he's just rolling with the punches, though. I think Santa Santa Claus prepared me pretty well. I got some long johns, got some new thermals. My good old jacket's still hanging in there pretty tough. And uh, these guys, they, they don't <laughs> mind it whatsoever. I used to work outside, so I always hey, prepared for the tough. rain, the cold, excessive heat. You don't mind this? No, this is nothing, no. So there, you, so there you have it back out here live in Pensac, and we want to make it clear to you guys that this Arctic air is nothing to play with. If it whips in your face a little too fast, you will uh, probably say some things that you don't want people to hear you say. That's how cold it is out here. So I just want to make it clear for people that if you can help it stay inside, but if you have to come outside, layer up. We don't want you getting sick or getting to the hospital for frostbite or hypothermia or anything like that. Um, today's the day to stay home. Karen? Who? It was interesting that in, in that last report there, um, coming out of Camden, New Jersey, and the first report coming out of Philadelphia, <laughs> but the uh, the one out of Camden, New Jersey, her name actually was Karen at the desk, and that uh, was a uh, black woman out in the field, and uh, and it just had to be Karen. Remember to say, make sure your cars don't get stolen. <laughs> it's like, ooh, tacky. <laughs> I guess somewhat realistic, but gee, the, the visual and the irony of the name, tacky. But that is coming out of there. Note she did say Arctic air, 
And this is coming off of Fox29.com. And this was published January 11th, all right? I'm a few days out from this one. Working some interesting hours. Uh, 64 this week, plus house chores, whatnot. And their headline they have here is, uh, Polar Vortex brings coldest temperature in years to Delaware Valley. And then, um... They have an article which, for the most part, really just repeats what's said in the coverage. And what it's looking like here is Polar Vortex. I'm pretty sure if I go back a few years in my my coverage, I've flippantly said, yeah, in about 10, 20 years, it's just going to be super normal. I think maybe every year now. I think we're looking at just every year um, jet stream winds are coming our way. So fucking extreme heat wave summers, jet stream fuck them down winters, and um, you might catch a leaf falling for a second. You'll get you'll catch a little bit of autumn, and then um, get ready for a rainy Christmas, and then jet streams. Whatever. And I love that Valentine's Day and Easter shit is on the shelf right now, while Christmas shit is on the clearance shelf right over. The stores are great. The culture is great. It's consumerism. It's Western culture. Maybe it needs to be replaced. He's got the biggest, juiciest fruits I've ever seen. So, I see this headline over here at uh, rightwingwatch.org with the name Charlie Kirk, which is a name I've heard. But I'm like, whom whom in the blue fuck really is a, a Charlie Kirk? Because most of the programs that would uh, talk about the type of content that a Charlie Kirk or other uh, conservative types would put out, I barely listen to those programs anymore. (laughs) I'm mostly listening these days to uh, PBS NewsHour. I've started playing um, Young Turks again in recent weeks. Uh, BBC Woman's Hour is always in rotation. Um, CBS News Clips, uh, NPR News Clips, I play a lot. Um... And uh, when I'm on my second half of my double shift, sometimes I play an episode of Knowledge Fight a couple times a week. Uh, but I don't really hear much about this Carly, Charlie Kirk. And this appears to be an individual that was born in 1993. So the more of the millennial age that folks like to pretend I am. God damn, so this nigga is, um, geez, he's, what, 28? And I'm being told here, just at the basic Wikipedia level, that he's an American conservative activist and radio talk show host who founded Turning Point USA. Oh, that's where um, Kundis Candace Owens, Kundis, <laughs> where Candace Owens is. She's with them niggas, right? Okay, that's okay. These weirdo niggas. He's behind this. He's the, he founded it, huh? Founded it with another individual by the name of Bill Montgomery. Another name I've heard, but don't know much about these cats. And they got this thing up and running in 2012. Motherfuck, so wait. When he was 18? Jeez. Ambitious people are scary, nigga. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and has served as its executive director since... Uh, He is the CEO of Turning Point Action, Students for Trump, and Turning Point Faith. Okay. 
So, Turning Point USA. So, over here at the New Yorker, uh, they have an article up by Jane Mayer. And this went up in 2017, December 21st. And um, getting into the article, it uh, gets interesting several paragraphs in here. Um, as Turning Point's profile has risen, so has scrutiny of its funding and tactics. Internal documents that I obtained, as well as interviews with former employees, suggest that the group may have skirted campaign finance laws that bar charitable organizations from participating in political activity. Former employees say that they were directed to work with prominent conservatives, including the wife of the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas in aid of Republican presidential candidates in 2016. Perhaps most troubling for an organization that holds up conservatives as the real victims of discrimination in Turning Point USA, it's also alleged to have fostered an atmosphere that is hostile to minorities. Get out of here. As screenshots provided to me by a source show that Crystal Clanton, who served until last summer as the group's national field director, sent a text message to another Turning Point employee saying, quote, I hate black people, like, fuck them all, dot, dot, dot. I hate blacks. End of story. End quote. A little on the nose. All right. And I am, uh, damn, am I doing, uh, am I being skeptical? Maybe not really, but this is um, uh, Jane, Jane Mayer's account from um, a screenshot they say they were sent, right? Because it is, it, it, it sounds kind of Black's rule-y a little bit. But then again, we've heard sentences they say in the modern day. Hell, shit, we, uh, Phoenix Kalita took a picture of a car in a, in a fucking Menards parking lot, a home improvement store. Uh, where someone had the American flag sticker right next to a Confederate flag sticker in Michigan. All right. Uh, the article continues into the next paragraph. Crystal Clanton, who resigned after serving as the group's uh, second highest official for five years, at first declined to comment, quote, I'm no longer with Turning Point and wish not to be part of the story, end quote is what Clanton told um, uh, uh, Joan over an email. Later, in a second email, she said, quote, I have no recollection of these messages, and they do not reflect what I believe or who I am, and the same was true when I was a teenager. <laughs> Ooh, interesting stuff. Uh, one more uh, short paragraph here. Uh, John Ryan, uh, John Ryan O'Rourke, the former Turning Point employee who received the text messages from Clanton requested that the messages, quote, not be used in any article or background information concerning Turning Point, end quote, and declined to comment on them. Charlie Kirk said in an email that, quote, Turning Point assessed the situation and took decisive action within 72 hours of being made aware of the issue, end quote. Soon after, Clanton, Crystal Clanton, left the organization. While Kirk served 
As the public face of Turning Point, Clanton, its former field director, acted as its hands-on boss, according to former employees. In 2016, a book that Kirk co-authored with, uh, with Brent Hamachek titled uh, Time for a Turning Point, Setting a, curse, setting a course toward free markets and limited government for future generations. And that's the whole title of the book. <laughs> he described Crystal Clanton as, quote, the best hire we ever could have made, end quote. He called her, quote, integral to the success of Turning Point while effectively serving as its chief operating officer, end quote. He added one more quote, Turning Point needs more crystals. So does America. End quote. Interesting doings uh, going on over there at Turning Point USA. Now, of course, I I, I keep clicking. <laughs> and um, over here at um, the SPLC Center, uh, Southern, Southern Poverty Law Center, but their website is SPL, splcenter.org, excuse me, um, they have an article up from June 15th, 2018, uh, by Brandon Joel Kelly, Brand- Brendan Joel Kelly. And excuse me, I think I called homegirl Joan from the other article. Her name's Jane, excuse me. And, uh, their headline they have is, uh, Turning Point USA accused of, uh, boosting their numbers with racist by long established, um, conservative student group. And they note in this article that a conservative group from 1969, which counts Attorney General Jeff Sessions and White House Senior Policy Advisor Stephen Miller among its alumni, niggas that hang with Jeff Sessions are saying this about Turning Point. In a memo publicly released by them, the name of the organization is YAF, Young America's Foundation. Um, on uh, in May 25th, um, on <laughs> they released a memo on, from June 14th where they attack. They like they love that word attack. TPUSA, uh, Turning Point USA, and its founder, 24-year-old Charlie Kirk, on multiple fronts, not least of all accusing TPUSA of boosting numbers with racist and Nazi sympathizers. And then they go on to note uh, Jane Mayer's article from the New Yorker. And they, uh, from there, they say Kirk himself has been criticized for his anti-immigrant and anti-Muslim tweets, and he, uh, and he, and he uh, habitually tweets out uh, racist dog whistles. Now let me see. Looks like there are links to tweets. One silly ass tweet that apparently has been a meme, and I probably just glossed over it like goofy conservative shit. And didn't note the name Charlie Kirk because I've seen this one before. And the tweet is literally still up right now from 2019. Quote, Trump is the first leader in the history of the world to be attacked for improving the lives of the citizens that voted for him. So that's a real tweet. And yeah, I'm pretty sure we've all seen that one memed in one way or another. Ah, and a good old, uh, this is a classic. We always love these. Um, so this is a real Charlie Kirk tweet from, uh, June 10th, 2018. Quote, facts. <laughs> One, 
it would take 40 years worth of blacks killed by cops to equal the number of black killed by other blacks in one year. No period. Space. Number two. Less than 400 people a year are killed by cops. 61% are white and 32% are black. No period. Space. Number three. 90% of murdered blacks die at the hands of other blacks. No period. <laughs> oh man, that's fucking good stuff. 7,000 7, retweets, 1,400 quote tweets, 18,000 likes. Yeah, this Charlie Kirk cat is a bit of a character. And so I'm over here at the uh, at the right wing watch and they have um, an article up from January 14th, 2022. So a couple days ago by Kyle Mantila. Uh We've quoted Kyle before. And uh, Kyle tells us uh, that the Christian nationalist pastor Rob McCoy hosted um, a Freedom Night in America event on Tuesday night at his Godspeed Cavalry Gospel Church in Newberry Park, California, featuring Turning Point USA's Charlie Kirk, Mr. McCoy, um, Rob McCoy, has played a significant role in the once secular activist Kirk's embrace of Christian nationalism and uh, and his launch of the uh, lavishly funded Turning Point Faith. And lavishly funded as a hyperlink. See, this is how I end up just going too fucking far. Wait, just getting outside of the goddamn segment here. Um, he continues saying, um, the event consisted entirely of Rob McCoy and Charlie Kirk sitting on stage while Kirk rambled endlessly for an hour and a half <laughs> for an hour and a half about a variety of topics, including his belief that the current political and social environment is creating an existential crisis for millions of people, making them susceptible to taking the red pill. It's creepy language. I kid you not, there is a there is a moment that can happen where people have an existential crisis, and it's happening right now in America. I, this is not a joke. It's a serious psychological problem. Where millions of people right now who have been three times boosted, double mask wearing, done everything they said they're going to do. Okay. Now, it's is this like a mixed message he's gunning for here? Like, is he doing it on purpose? This may really be rambling, as the author uh, Kyle Mantila says here. It really seems very rambly, and it looks like he's about to make sort of a, a, a mixed double point. Because he's saying, like, people are going to have an existential crisis because they're doing everything right. They're double boosted. They still get the virus. And they still get the virus. And so they're, ha- they're going to have an existential crisis. Now, so this seems to be a part where you're talking to your target audience about the opposition. And when doing so... Anything you say is inherently true, as long as it is bad about the opposition. It makes the opposition look stupid, foolish, confused, ignorant, silly. Oh, just downright too goofy to tie their own shoes. Right? And so they've been following all these rules. They're wearing masks like weirdos, not like us who don't wear masks. They're getting vaccinated like weirdos, not like us who don't get vaccinated. And they're going to have an existential crisis. But first, we do have to establish 
that they're stupider than us. They still get the virus and they are asking themselves basically where is my place in the universe, right? Okay. It's because I am one of these people, right? Like come February is my booster time. Right, we're in mid-January. The household is ready to start going to get boosted. Let's head on down to the Walgreens and, uh, you know, catch a load of nerd juice. I could have worded that better, but whatever. Uh, let's fucking get that shit cracking. Um, and there is no existential crisis. I want the vaccine so that if I fucking get it, maybe I can pull through and then just have some weirdo long-term effects and then I just become a statistic in that. That'll be what my goofy-ass life amounted to. No existential crisis here, Charlie K. K. Oh. I thought that if I followed the instructions of the Leviathan, I would get something in return. And we need to be there for those people. I mean this, like, not sarcastically. We need to be there for those people. Okay, they, they can't run their own lives. I can. We can. All right. So it's time to get benevolent. And it's interesting that this kind of language is coming out in a time when um, I'm noticing lefty programs have very similar headlines. If some of you that are like me are weirdos that subscribe to a million podcasts and they're talking about Republicans basically being a forever super government, like just ruling from a goofy ass rural minority that thinks billionaires are being overtaxed and kind of slowly show them like no there is a whole world out here of the laws of nature and there is the gospel and there is a god right so like he can say this like being benevolent and running their lives thing because like we're about to right it's gerrymandering season baby it's gerrymandering season. Basically, Mitch McConnell runs the show, right? The Kyle Rittenhouses and the Dylan Roofs and the um, George Zimmerman, to a lesser extent, they run the streets because George Zimmerman, well, he wasn't gang related, right? He was a, he was an independent doofus that called himself a neighborhood watch captain. He was not from a set like these new cats are, right? They have gangs in the streets. They have the Supreme Court at the top. Right, really, no matter who the president is, they'll either have the president, and executive orders can can roll like water, and Congress will not take the time to veto them. They'll just go on CNN and say, "Gosh darn it, don't do that." Right, like how Hillary's gonna told Wall Street, "You guys better stop it, cut that out." I think that was her words from the debate stage. Cut that out. <laughs> They're just gonna say, "Cut that out." Oh, God, they have the majority of the governorships. They've got the fucking school boards. The police is on their side. The military. And so, yeah, you have that much power. It's time to say, hey, now that we control their lives, let's be let's be good controllers. At least that's how we're going to frame how we're going to treat these people for the next generation that we run shit. Fuck, five decades at least. And Fauci is not that person. And you're seeing that. And, and it's best manifested in the collective 
kind of freak out of every person on cable television, yeah. right? Yeah. They, they don't know what to do. And that is, that's also because they've used their tyr tyranny of you and their bullying of you as this kind of open air kind of therapy exercise because they have such unsettled. It's their tyranny of you. Keep in mind, like, uh, when I, I pass through these plants, like, these are corporate establishment businesses. GM is a very big fucking business. GM doesn't want to make their staff wear masks. They don't want to spend money buying masks. They don't want to spend money paying for people to come in and do touchpoint sanitation. They don't want to spend that fucking money. But they're looking at that versus more and more workers getting sick. Which the particular plant I'm in, 34 people caught the COVID. 34. Which, as I predicted, that that would come up come mid-January. Why? Because they were New Year's partying. Right? And then some people, right? You get the Christmas spread. People take that. They don't have symptoms yet. They take it to the New, Year the New Year's party. And then here we come mid-January. 34 cases out of just this one plant. Right, folks, where do you work? Leave it in the comments of wherever I post this episode, which will be across platforms, of course. Fucking, yeah. What, 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 what's cracking with the COVID cases out there? Like, of course, that's what's gonna happen. Settled problems in their own soul that they'd rather torture you than actually go find salvation themselves. I'm not kidding. Oop, I unpaused it too quick there. My bad. Man, that, that shit is gonna keep happening. And so a corporation like a GM is going to keep their policies in place to try to keep people from getting sick as much. Yeah, and but these guys, they don't get, they think that it's all street level. They think it's just people yelling at each other on the street to wear a mask, when really it's the corporations that run all our lives that are like, fuck, too many of our workers are dying and flowing in and out, and we're spending a lot of money on high turnover rates. All right, I'm seeing like, dead serious like in a month they're hiring over a hundred new people constantly constantly and they all have to go they're getting sick or they're quitting because there's no benefits all right charlie keep going it's in their own soul that they'd rather torture you than actually go find salvation themselves i'm not kidding it really is that dark uh, it is yeah, just so pure straw manning about folks like me to his target audience. And but then also a foolishness on his end as he literally doesn't know what he's talking about because the most pro-capitalist people don't understand capitalism. The businesses are making the decision, the big businesses the big billion dollar businesses that do that handle business domestic overseas hire fire run lives make and break uh towns right like fucking what uh, like uh, what, uh the burn byron area of uh of, of of michigan west michigan that byron area they eat off of these fucking factories Right, they have another one of these fucking 1994 type of years with the uh, the trade bills coming through, and these towns will lose all their good eating. Wyoming eats off of these factories. Not Wyoming the staple, but the Wyoming area of West Michigan eats off of these fucking places. And they're making the decision based on what? 
the facts that the shit is spreading, it's kicking ass, whether people die or they're sick and they're out for a while, and then people saying they're getting it twice. So you're getting sick more often now, and the companies want the workers at play. Charlie fucking Kirk, goddamn doofus. Net zero by 2050, blah, 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 net zero, blah, 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 climate neutral, blah, blah, blah. Ah, and now I reach an awkward moment where I'm looking at the time of recording and I'm seeing, here I am, well over 15 minutes again. Why do I need to do 15 minutes? Because I need to adapt. Again, it's not a new year, new me thing. Oh, 2022, new wine cellar. It's the 10-year change that has to happen because 10 years is magic number. Now, I just have to move it forward if I want to try to expand this thing to where I can get the hell out of all shift work, especially these fucking 64-hour, 65-hour goddamn weeks leaving the house at 6 30 a.m getting back shortly before 9 p.m it's uh fucking wicked so i am trying to make shorter videos because i'm probably i'm gonna shoot for trying to be one of the ad rev folks right um and i made one of those uh i'm still new to these uh linkedin and linkedin uh 15 minutes is the maximum if I'm gonna tinker with TikTok, I think I gotta get that shit down to like fucking, I think three minutes is the maximum. I gotta do short fucking um, items. Um, I don't think the long, longer form podcast is going completely away, but it isn't the way. And that's ill. WineCellarMedia.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.